Hello, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling podcast. My name is Kyle, and I am here with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. We have a great show for you guys today, but as always, we will break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions, giving our NXT in your house and Hell in a Cell predictions, going over some Hell in a Cell history and trivia, plus the dummy moment of the week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at WJTW19. Find us on Facebook, We Just Talk Wrestling, and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you are using to listen to the show. Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week? So, I've got a little bit of a two-parter as far as my news stories are concerned, both of which involve potential returns to WWE. Uh, It's been reported that there are some major players behind the scenes that are trying to convince uh, some decision-makers to allow Aleister Black to come back to WWE, saying that his release was premature. Another big name... Samoa Joe has been spotted at the Performance Center, and a lot of people think that he may be re-signed with the company as an in-ring competitor on the NXT brand, both of which would be huge signings or re-signings in this case, Um, especially the Samoa Joe thing with a lot of potential moves going on in the men's roster. Some guys may be going to Raw or SmackDown. Adding Samoa Joe back to the fold could be huge for uh, for that brand. I agree. Um, I don't see Aleister Black coming back. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I mean, we have seen reports of this week of him wanting to go to AEW. Now, if those are true, I don't know. But I really could see him going to AEW, and I think that's where he ends up. However, Samoa Joe, I do think he resigns and goes to NXT. And he'll really bolster that main event scene in NXT. So, um For my news story, Dylan, mm-hmm. um, it was something I saw earlier in the week around Tuesday, Wednesday. So according to multiple sources, Vince is looking to call up people from NXT, mm-hmm. but he is looking for personalities, not great wrestlers. So I made a small list of people that could get the call up soon um, that are not obvious. So some of these people are good wrestlers, but have mm-hmm. a personality I think Vince could like. Mm-hmm. So my first one is Cameron Grimes. Oh, yeah. Um, He has a pretty big personality. He's very entertaining on the mic. Um, You know, he's only going to be in the big card his entire career because Mm -hmm. Vince isn't going to elevate him. But he could see some in his character right now. Um, Another one is Aaliyah. So I don't know if Robert Stone would go up with her. Should. But she reminds me of Carmella. And that is an instant tag team right there. So, uh, Kaylee Ray uh, just lost the NXT UK women's title. Shout out to both of those women because that match was fantastic this mm-hmm. week. So, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. Um, you know, her charisma, her look is something I think Vince would like. Um, and two other quick names is uh, Piper Neven from the NXT UK women's uh, division and Zoe Stark. I think Dylan could come up a little bit sooner than people think just mm-hmm. because of her power and her look. So um, yeah. what do you think of the names I said or any other ones? Um, I do know, you know, you might think LA Knight, but I don't, LA Knight just hasn't been NXT that long. So right. I don't think he'll get a call up. So what right. do you think of my names that I came up um, with? When the, the moment you said personality, the first name that popped in my head was Cameron Grimes. 
Mm-hmm. So I could totally see that as a fit. I'm with you on LA Knight. I think it's too soon. And plus, I, he just kind of streams NXT to me. Um, the most intriguing name I think you said was Aaliyah. I could definitely <clears throat> see the whole Robert Stone brand, I guess, transitioning to uh, the main roster, her being paired with Carmella, him being the manager and the mouthpiece for the group, I think would be a really cool dynamic on Raw or SmackDown. It would definitely bolster, I think, that tag division, which we've talked of on the show numerous times about kind of how lackluster it's been. And I think that'd be a cool pairing. So she'd probably be number one on my list, to be honest. Cameron Grimes a close second as far as who I'd like to see move up. Yeah. Um, I was just honestly, Don, just thinking of names like what Vince could see. Now, there's obviously better, right. but I'm just thinking in what Vince would think. So, yeah. And those, those two, I think, definitely fit the mold. And I could, I could see Vince wanting to pair Aaliyah with Carmella because, I mean, yeah. they are kind of, they, they are very similar. Um, and Robert Stone, dude, you and I both love him. Good old Robbie E. Um, I'd love to see him on the main roster. So I could see that little trio being a thing. Him being the manager, then being the team, I think would be a cool fit. And now does Jesse Camilla come up with him? We'll just have to see. Um, Good. You could do a whole faction. I mean, that's something that the women's division really doesn't have is like a faction. Anymore. Absolutely. So, that'd be um, cool. so we will be diving into Monday Night Raw. Oh, boy. Um, honestly, Dylan, just an okay show. In our first match, we had a tag team battle royal to determine the number one contender to face Omos and AJ for the titles. Um, it was the Viking Raiders, New Day, RK Bro, Mason T-Bar, Lindsay Dorado, and John Morrison were on their own for their team. Um, typical battle royal went by fast. The ending was pretty cool. Um, after Riddle was eliminated, he came back and saved Orton from a trouble in paradise. Mm-hmm. Leads to Kofi and Orton being eliminated, and the Viking Raiders win the match. But WWE has no stock in them whatsoever. So the potential tag team championship match is going to be very predictable. So what do yep. you think of the match, and what do you think it's going to lead up with the Viking Raiders? It's hard to kind of analyze Battle Royals. Um, I I like the Viking Raiders, but it just seemed like the RK-Bro had so much momentum, so much momentum in that, I don't know, maybe it was okay to pull the trigger now. I know you you suggested doing it at SummerSlam. But I mean, dude, they're red hot. Did did you did you see did you catch the segment of Riddle talking about their new shirt? No. Okay, so RK Bro now has a new shirt. I know this is a little off topic. And Riddle was like, I wear two shirts because Randy doesn't like to wear shirts. Oh, and I also, saw I saw that promo. Yeah, I saw that. That was hilarious, dude. And also Randy doesn't like to wear pants. And you could tell Randy Orton's trying not to laugh. That pairing has been so entertaining that I thought it would have been cool for them just to go ahead and pull the trigger, even if it is deemed a little early. Um, I like the Viking Raiders, but like you said, I think it's just their match against Silent and Omos is going to be too predictable. Whereas if you put Riddle and Orton, I think you have that sense of, you know, question of who might walk away as champion. Maybe that turns into an actual feud instead of a one-off match, which is what I feel Raiders and Omos Styles is going to be. It's just a one-off. So, I don't know. I I've, I've, I kind of question it, but, I mean, I like the Viking Raiders, but like you said, they just have no stock in them. Um, next, we had Cedric Alexander versus Jeff Hardy 
in a pretty entertaining match, Dylan. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a cool spot where Hardy was covering his face, and Alexander like pretended he was going to kick him, like almost like a boxer stance that Jeff Hardy was in. Mm-hmm. But instead, Alexander gave him a stiff kick to the knee. Um, cool kicks, athletic maneuvers by both guys. Um, Alexander's really embracing this heel role very well. Uh, in the end, Jeff Hardy hit the swanton bomb for the win, but let's be honest, WWE has no plans either in these two, but it was an entertaining match. Um, both of these guys are good workers, so we'll just have to see what uh, the future holds for these two. It was good to see Jeff Hardy finally win a match. He's gone on like an eight-match losing streak or something like that. And it was good to see him on Monday Night Raw win a match. So, But like you said, I mean, it's, it's not going to go anywhere, unfortunately, as much as we love Jeff. So before I go any farther, Dylan, I just want to say when we do these weekly breakdown shows, mm-hmm. um, we try not to talk about the same people every single week. Right. So, you know, Hardy and Cedric Alexander definitely wasn't one of the more prime things of the show, but we like to spice it up a little bit here. So you're going to yeah. hear some different names week to week, just so, you know, it's not the same thing every single week, but we definitely hit the big points. Got to um, keep it fresh. Got to keep it fresh. Two quick things. Kofi Kingston defeated Riddle in singles action um, to extend that feud a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, speaking of Kofi, Dylan, um, I don't know if you saw, but him and MVP had a really good backstage segment. Plan- mm-hmm. Possibly planting a seed for a potential Kofi heel turn. So we'll have to see where that goes and if they decide to pull the trigger on it. Something we've never seen before. I don't think Kofi's ever been a heel, except for like when New Day has been kind of heel. But they don't act like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting, but I, I don't really know if it'll, I don't know if it'll work, but. Or even you know, happen. I, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely up for something new from the company. But yeah. in our main event, we had a segment. Um, Alexa Bliss's playground with special guest Shayna Baszler. Yep. And Dylan Shayna was brilliant in this. Now the segment itself was, you know, wacky. But, you know, this whole thing was to try to get Lily over and to Shayna to fear her potential power. Uh-huh. But it was enjoyable. Like I said, Shayna was the star here. So the question is, where do they go with the Lily character? Is it going to be a debut? Is it actually a wrestler? But we're just kind of to see where that goes, Dylan. But I'm pretty excited for it. It's just a demon doll, Kyle. And I'm going to be real with you. That's probably all they have planned. Um yeah, I, I I gave you my thoughts through a text message last night. We'll talk about it a little later, but segment itself was fun. I just, Shanna deserves better. Alexa, to be honest, deserves better too. But yeah, I don't have, I don't have much thoughts going on with this whole demon doll thing. I'm just not all for it, to be honest. Uh, just saying, Dylan, you, uh, two weeks ago, you initially gave Monday Night Raw the, the show of the week. And um, after that, shows have been terrible. <laughs> Look, so. I, I sincerely apologize. And you clearly haven't accepted it. So, moving on. Hey, you did, you did, um, you did change your decision, so I'll give you that. Anyway, we're going to NXT. This was a very interesting show, but we're going to get into it. Um, we had Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Killian Dane in a very solid match. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing was trying to get uh, Hit Row over as a faction. 
and it did that and more. Uh, stiff kicks by Scott right to the face of Dane. He also did a really cool pump kick where he was standing on the apron to Dane. Um, Killian used his power, clotheslines, whatever he could do to ground uh, Swerve Scott. He even hit Wade Barrett's finisher, Wasteland. Yeah. Um, in the end, hit road distracted Killian Dane. Scott hits him with another kick to the face for the win and only gives the heel faction some, some momentum. So I'm excited for Hit Row, and I really like mm-hmm. them so far. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where they go with that. Uh, they're building steam. They're building momentum. They're becoming one of the more compelling things on NXT's undercard right now. So I'm really looking forward to see what they have planned for them. So we're going to have to see if maybe Swerve Scott gets into North American title scene here soon. Mm-hmm. I- I'm not sure, but I'm excited for it. Um, next was Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon in a very good contest, but it's also very physical. Um, Dakota had Ember by the ring post. This was a really cool spot. So she swung her body in a way that her face actually blasted the post and not her legs. So mm-hmm. she literally did a full 180 and her face collided with the ring post. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, kicks and strikes had extra emphasis in this match from these women. Um, Ember hit a code breaker, um, from jumping off the second turnbuckle, but Dylan, my favorite spot was when Dakota hit a modified crossroads. Yeah. Um, but in the end, Raquel Gonzalez got involved, ending in a disqualification to build the feud for Sunday. But this mm-hmm. match stone was really good, and it gives Dakota Kai, um, you know, a DQ loss, but not an actual pinfall loss, which I like. Yeah, it, it, it gives a way to kind of protect her. The match itself is just more of an extension of the Ember Moon Raquel Gonzalez feud since Kai is still partnered with her, which I like the partnership. Um, match itself was really fun, but Kyle, you're not allowed to call it the Code Breaker. That's that's blacklisted. Can't oh, sorry. It. We'll we'll call it the um the question mark. It's called it's called the Springboard Double Knees to the Face, Kyle. All right, we're okay. just gonna call it the question mark from now on. Yeah, caught the question mark. Match <laughs> itself was really good, really physical, like you said. I enjoyed it. I'm I'm looking forward to the Gonzalez Moon match a little more than I thought I would be. Um, and this was just kind of to help build that, so I'm all for it. Also, Dylan, when you say the name um, Alistair Black, you're gonna have to oh. reference him as question mark from now on to or protect. just or just call him Tommy N. Yeah. Or call him a guy or a dude. <laughs> anyway. I spit my water out. (laughs) Or you can call him a fun guy. Dude, there's water all over me now. (laughs) A fun guy. Anyway, we have two (laughs) fun guy. Uh, Two quick points. Um, Oni Lorcan defeated Austin Theory in singles action thanks to the distraction of Pete Dunne. So that was a pretty entertaining segment. And Poppy released her album... Which, Dylan, I don't know if you've listened to, but it is very good. Kyle, the music's right up my alley. Of course I've listened to it. But it's not up my alley, Dylan, and I, I know. loved it. I know. So um, she also introduced the return of Io Shirai. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to see where that goes in the future with Io Shirai and Candice. Um, yep. But I'm all for it. I like the fact that Poppy's getting involved in the show and not just as like a musical act like she was in a backstage segment. Like you said, she was part of the Io Shirai return. Um, kind of, you know, obviously, I don't think Poppy's going to be the next Bad Bunny. I don't think she's wrestling matches. But it's cool to see, you know, that kind of personality and 
someone who has that following appear on a show like NXT definitely bolsters it a little bit. You don't think she wrestles a match? No. No, I don't. I don't. In our main event was another promo. So two for two in the main event promos this week. But this one was actually very good. Um, It was a promo battle between all five guys in the Fatal Five-Way for the NXT title. Cole was the heel that didn't show up. And he was on the Jumbotron, um, you know, calling everyone out, being from afar. Um, O'Reilly was the true baby face here. But I really liked the security aspect and how they took bumps. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, all five guys looked very strong in a very good go home show where uh, Karen Cross, I believe, was Karen Cross or Adam Cole looking strong at the end? I think it was Karen Cross. I can't remember though. Yeah. Um, I, but this was a very good segment. Yeah, I, I love the heel tactic of putting Adam Cole on the Jumbotron and not actually in the ring because um, it kind of adds to the, you know, slimy heel, which he, he plays really well. Um, but he's also a badass anyway, so he could have appeared and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, the segment was fun. The show itself was fun. Uh, a good go-home show to definitely get you invested in your house, which you and I both are, and we're really looking forward to that show. Oh, that's going to be such a good so show, good. Dylan. So good. I'm about, to, I'm about to make some tacos and kick back and just enjoy it. Oh, I'm so excited. When you make tacos, there's about 100 different tacos. But we go, <laughs> we go to SmackDown. And this was very forgettable, Dylan. This this show just wasn't very good. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I don't have I don't have a lot of notes, Kyle. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Well, I can kind of <laughs> lead it for a little bit. Um, we had Liv Morgan take on Carmella again mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Not much here. I actually hated the match. Um, there was only strikes back and forth. Uh, Carmella is really wanting to put over like the most beautiful woman gimmick, and it's just mm-hmm. not good. It, it's just not. Uh, Liv Morgan hits some oblivion on Carmella for the win. Um, at least she got a win, Dylan. But yes. in the end, it's just 50-50 booking. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go anywhere. So, Unfortunately, because you and I are fans of Liv Morgan, probably me a little more than you. Um, I'm, I was super stoked to see her get a W, but they just, they just don't seem to have stock in her, unfortunately. She could, she could be a nice undercard or, or, or uh, underdog baby face and they just I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere unfortunately but it was good to see her win match itself though was meh um, now we had Montez Ford versus Chad Gable uh, with no partners at ringside and Dylan this was a very good match both guys are so good mm-hmm. um, Gable used his grappling style against athleticism and speed of Ford and it worked Mm-hmm. Uh, Gable worked numerous body parts with arm bars and even an ankle lock. Uh, Montez went for an over-the-rope shoulder tackle, but Gable reversed it into a snap suplex. That was really cool. Uh, Montez hit a brutal spine buster on Gable, which I I hope he uses a little bit more because his spine buster is really good. Yeah. Um, Otis attacked Dawkins backstage and then eventually interfered in this match, destroying the Street Profits. I really like the Otis heel turn, and now he doesn't have a beard, Dylan, so now hopefully they take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is going to lead to a tag team match soon, but, I mean, ultimately the Street Poppers are going to win, so this isn't going to lead to anything. 
it, it, I mean, it's still a fun little undercard feud. Um, they're not involved in the title picture, but it could be one of those things where it's like a, you know, winner gets title shot kind of thing, which would be fine. Um, I've, I've enjoyed the little, you know, interactions they've had so far. I don't like Otis without a beard. I will tell you that. Um, something that I think you may have forgot to mention, um, there are reports, and maybe we should have talked about it in the, in the news segment, but uh, there is potential that Montez Ford might have like a slight rib injury. I don't know if it's going to affect him long term. We hope it doesn't. Um, maybe it's just a little little tweak. But I mean, I kind of like the 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 dynamic between the two teams, and I and I love the Street Profits. You know that, so um, it could be interesting. I love Chad Gable too. He is mm-hmm. just so underrated, and I hope he's used more in SmackDown because he really does deserve it. Yeah. Um, throughout the night. Jimmy and Jay Uso were talking to Roman about like all different things about the family, and you know we've seen everything before. But later in the night, Romo or uh, Romo? Roman actually <laughs> hit. I called him Romo. I was like, dude, dude. I was actually thinking of Mojo Raleigh for some reason when I said that. I oh, the charismatic enigma, Mojo Raleigh. Yes. <laughs> The hype bros. Oh my gosh, remember that was thing? Anyway, yep. so Roman was talking to Jay about how they should work together and not against each other. So now Jay has a decision. Who is he going to side with? Um, however, in the main event, we had another segment. So three for three. Uh, we had Rey Mysterio call out promo to Roman, which is pretty much setting up the Hell in a Cell match for the Universal title next Sunday. Yep. But Dylan... The match, or the thing I want to talk about. So they did a spot where Dominic came out for revenge and he had the kendo stick. Mm-hmm. But Roman powerbombed him to the outside. Yep. Um, do people on Police Report going nuts? It's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. That was awesome. Uh, well, the camera didn't even show him landing. And it just looked weak. It was corny. He obviously landed on padding. So the same WWE fans that were, you know, really on Chris Jericho for taking that bump. I mean, yeah. this this one looked really weak too. Um, I understand setting up the feud, but it's just predictable, and I don't care about it. I mean, Rey Mysterio is not going to win. No, I just I didn't I just don't like this segment at all. No. Um... I will say, and I'll and I'll kind of dive in a little more when we do our history segment about Hell in a Cell. I don't think every feud or every title match or anything like that needs to be inside the cell. This one fits that. It does not need to be inside the cell, which it's going to be, I would assume. No, they already announced it. Yeah, yeah, they announced it, so it's going to happen inside the cell. The feud itself seems kind of rushed, and I'm all for, like, Roman having a one-off match with Rey Mysterio because, let's face it, Rey Mysterio can still go in the ring really well. I think he'd be a fun partner for for Roman, at least in a a, a one-off match, like I said. But they're going to put it in the cell, and I'm not a fan of that. The segment itself was – it was kind of lackluster. It didn't really do much to, you know, push that feud anymore and they only have really another week to get you invested in it so it seems like they kind of rushed it and i'm i'm not a fan of that too much so you're trying to do a blood feud in two to three weeks yes. and it's it, it it just does it's just not working and i'm 
I'm really starting to get sick of Roman Reigns. I really am. I mean, everything he does, is just the same, Dylan. Like, I know you were kind of a fan of the character, but it's just the same thing every week. Right. And they really need to try to do something about that. Right. Um, If their match was just a one-on-one match for the title, I don't think it would bug me as much. But it's the fact that they're going to put it in the cell, which means you have two, three weeks to build a feud that's worthy of going inside that structure. And that's very difficult. On the Raw side, they did it great. McIntyre and Lashley have been feuding for months. It makes sense to put it in the cell. And their their feud has, has been, in my opinion, very entertaining. SmackDown side, you don't have that. So to be honest, you could just go without having the cell involved and just give them a one-on-one match. But it's Roman, and you know you got to, I guess, bolster that record, I guess. So I don't know. Well, he's Superman, and they literally don't have anyone else to give him just because, you know, Right. The, the roster size but anyway we're going to aew which is right after smackdown now because of the nba playoffs mm-hmm. and we're gonna start with a cody rhodes promo um as he announced the debut of arn anderson's son brock anderson on dynamite this week and we even saw you know him you know have some emotion which was cool he attacked qt marshall for hitting his dad with that belt So, you know, this is going to continue into next week. So I'm excited to see Brock tag with Cody Mm -hmm. and, you know, see what he's got. Yeah. Uh, People forget Arn Anderson, way back when the historians of wrestling would know, Arn Anderson's one of the most underrated workers of all time, probably. He he probably is the most underrated of all time. So I I have pretty high hopes for his son. Uh, to kind of live up to that and hopefully exceed that as well. Maybe he gets a little more recognition than Arn didn't, even though he deserved it. But um, so I, I, I like that dynamic. I really do. And I'm really excited for him. Next, we had Miro defend his TNT title against Evil Uno from the Dark Order. And Dylan, this was a very fun match. Mm-hmm. Evil Uno is a sneaky good worker that no one talks about. Yeah. And the crowd was very into this when he got the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Right from the bell, these two traded rights and strong strikes. Uh, Miro went for a strong right hand, and Evil Uno dodged it. So his fists collided right with the ring post, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miro controlled most of the match, which we were expecting uh, with rest hold, slow offense. My favorite spot in the match was when Uno went for discus clothesline, and it didn't phase Miro. So he just said, all right, I'm going to hit you with one back. Hits him with a clothesline, and it was vicious. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, Miro locked in the accolade. Uno tapped out to retain his title. This reign so far, Miro has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to have to see you know, where it goes next. But I really enjoyed the match, and I think Evil Uno should be on TV more. I think so, too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, his reign, as much as I love Darby Allen, I feel like his reign, Miro's reign, has been better so far. It has. Um, and it was probably because, like, early on in Allen's reign, we talked about it on here, how the booking was kind of weird and that they, you know, didn't seem like they had stock in the title until towards the end of his reign. And then it got really good. Uh, Miro has been dominant from the start, which which you and I predicted that that's what he should be and that's what he was going to be. And they, they, I think they're starting to take the TNT title more seriously. They, they showed flashes of it at the end of Darby Allen's reign, and really ever since Miro's taken over, that title has been more of a focal point. 
and Miro is a great heel champion. Really, really is. And I, I love um, – I'm excited to see what he has going forward, and I love what he's done so far. One quick note is we had Wardlow accept Jake Hager's challenge. So next week we will have an MMA-style octagon match between cool. Jake Hager and Wardlow, which yes. I'm excited for. Yeah, yeah. Jake Hagar is um, undefeated in MMA, if I'm not mistaken. He's fought in some smaller promotions, <clears throat> and uh, he's done really well. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be cool. And Hager's going to win, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, in our main event, we have Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs take on the team of Hangman Page and 10 from the Dark Order. Um, this was a solid 12-minute tag team match, Dylan. Um, Hobbs and Cage controlled most of the match against 10. But once Hangman was in control, the crowd was electric, and so was his offense. Mm-hmm. Um, he hits a very effortless standing shooting star press, and it looks so cool. Uh, Cage also did, or Hangman Page did a Hurricane Rana onto Cage, and he hit it so well that Cage collided with the ring post, which is a very cool spot. Mm-hmm. Um, just some really good spots in this match. Um, all four of these guys looked really good. And 10 even held his own against them. <clears throat> uh, towards the end of the match, Ricky Starks wanted to interfere. But Cage was like, nah, you're not interfering in my match again. So Brian Cage uh, chases him into the locker room area. Uh, 10 hits a cutter. And Page hits Hobbs with a buckshot for the win. Um, really cool finish. I really liked it. Uh, solid mm-hmm. main event. We'll have to see the progression of Team Taz turmoil in the upcoming weeks. But, you know, Cage is on his way to a babyface run. Yeah, I think that's the most compelling story coming out of this match is what happens with all of Team Taz and how it seems to be breaking down and things like that. Um, Brian Cage, like you said as well, on his way to a babyface run where he's going to seemingly feud with that team, I would suspect. Um, that's that's the most compelling thing that came out of it. Um the winners, obviously, just kind of builds momentum for them, especially Adam Page, who we suspect will get a title shot in the future or is, you know, still in line and, and kind of going on that track. So match itself was really fun. Like you said, a lot of cool spots. But uh, the big story is is Brian Cage and Team Taz and what's going on with them. All right, Dylan, who, uh, who had the best show this week? Or what was your favorite show? No – it's kind of a toss-up. Like, I could flip a coin between NXT and AEW, which is seemingly what we do every week anyway. Um, I think AEW overall was just yeah. okay. Um, it, it was a good show, but, like, they're obviously holding back until they get back to um, Wednesdays. Yeah, I think I think the Friday time slot, for whatever reason, seems to be hurting them. I, I don't know why. Viewership is down, mainly because, you know, they're on a different night and they're much later than usual. NXT is still hitting on all cylinders. Part of me wants to lean towards them a little more. But out of the Friday shows that we've seen so far out of AEW, this one's by far been the best. Mm-hmm. Um, got, got a cool debut and, you know, some, some more compelling things going on. But I think I'm still going to go with NXT on this one. Um, but this one was see. much closer than previous weeks, I will say. See, oh, man, I, I want to give it to AEW, I really do. Mm-hmm. But they NXT just had some really good matches this week. Yeah. Um, and AEW just had filler I didn't care about, so 
I'm going to give it to NXT as well. So. Yeah, I think NXT was just the more complete show, in my opinion. They were it, both they were both really good, but top to bottom, I think NXT's was just a little more complete. Like you said, AEW had some filler in there. NXT's just becoming flawless at this point, Dylan. Like it's just it's hard to pick, you know, what things that they don't do well. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, Dylan. So now we are going to get into our NXT takeover in your house predictions and preview. I will quickly go through the card, and we are, or I'm going to say who we predicted in each match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of tried to do this about where each match is going to be on the card, but you yep. know it's just hard to tell. Um, yep. LA Knight will be taking on Cameron Grimes in a ladder match for the million dollar title. Yes, um, we both predict LA Knight is going to win that match. Um, yeah, Zai Lee. Versus Mercedes Martinez in a match. And we both predict that Zai Lee is going to win that. Uh, mm-hmm. Bronson Reed and MSK are facing Legado Del Fantasma uh, with the North American title. And the tag team titles are on the line. So a winner-take-all match. Um, but we both have MSK and Bronson Reed winning that. Um, Raquel Gonzalez will be defending her NXT Women's title against Ember Moon. A little predictable, but um, we both have uh, Gonzalez winning that one. In, in our main event, which is going to be the main event, obviously, uh, right. Karen Cross defends his NXT title against Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole in a fatal five-way match. We both have Karen Cross winning that match, so oh, we're both the same, Dylan. Um, so I know what match you are most excited for, so um, let's talk about that, and uh-huh. I'll let you start. The match that, on paper... You would think the match I'm most excited for is the Fatal Five Way. Yeah. The match I am the most excited for is that six man tag winner take all. Really? So, yes. Dude, I even put in my notes you are going to be most excited about the uh, the main event. It's, it's a close second. I think the card itself is so good. But what we've seen out of, you know, uh, Reed and Escobar so far, what we've seen out of MSK and the rest of uh, Legado del Fantasma. Put all six of them in the ring. Dude, we're about to get a barn burner. This thing's about to be so good. I'm predicting 35 minutes. It's probably going to be a nice spot fest. Both both sides are going to bring it. Um, Obviously, you know who I predicted, but that's the match, to be honest, I am the most excited for. The Fatal Five-Way is a very close second, though. So, besides the Five-Way and obviously the ladder match, because – we love both guys. Yes. Um, I am most intrigued by the Mercedes Martinez versus I Lee match. Mm-hmm. Um, the TN Shaw gimmick is underway, and both of them can really go. Um, you know, this has been a short feud so far, but I expect a really good match between these two. Um, and maybe we see the leader of Tian Shaw um, and the rest of that. Uh, stable get involved, but I'm really excited for that one. Just the whole show, Dylan's gonna be great. Yeah, um, we are both very excited for it tonight, and we have very high hopes. So, yes. um, moving along, we're going into our Hell in a Cell predictions. So, again, huh. I'm gonna run down the card, and we're gonna cover the matches that we're most looking forward to. Um, there's about three to four matches, Dylan, that are not confirmed, but they're either going to happen at the show or soon, right. um, maybe before or after. Right. They still have another week to build this card, so there might be some 
some things we don't have yet. Um, so there was one Dylan I added this morning, so we're um, going to have to say our prediction for that one. But um, we're going to start with Omos and AJ Styles versus Viking Raiders for the uh-huh. Raw Tag Team type for the Raw Tag Team titles. Styles and Omos are going to win. Yep. Um, we both have that predicted. Sheamus defending his title against Humberto and Ricochet. Predictable. Sheamus both. Um, not sure about this one, Dylan. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. I could see him giving the first one to Shayna, but I, I expect some Shayna agains and Alexa to win. And so do you. Right. Um, we saw a little bit of build on SmackDown this week. I don't know if they're going to add Dylan. Um, we could see Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. So who would you have in that one? Uh, I'd probably go Cesaro. I think um, the way they've built that feud over the last several weeks with the whole injury angle and everything, it just kind of screams that Cesaro is going to get the upper hand here. I think the match is going to be really fun, though, if it happens. See, I would actually go Rollins because I I don't know if they're going to have Rollins lose two big matches in a row, going to be honest with you. Right. Um, So we're different. That's good. (laughs) Bailey uh, defending – or Bailey is challenging Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's title. I have Bianca and Dylan has Bailey. Yep. Um, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title. We both have Rhea, but I'm scared to death about this one. Yep. Um, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship inside the Hell in a Cell. We both have Bobby Lashley. And Roman Reigns putting in the Universal title on the line against Rey Mysterio. The most predictable of the night. Both have Roman Reigns. Yep. Um, all right, Dylan. Um, can you tell me your excitement level going into the card and what match you are most looking forward to? If I had to rate it on a scale of one to ten, I'd probably give it like a five or a six, if I'm yeah. being honest. Mm. <clears throat> we had to talk about TakeOver first because it's happening first, and I know that's what we're most excited for out of these two shows. And this one's going to be a little bit of a downer. Um, the match, the, the card itself seems very predictable, up and down. You already heard my thoughts about the whole main event that we're going to get. The match that I'm probably the most actually McIntyre, I think it's the most compelling feud on the card. Um, it's the only one really worthy of the cell match itself. Um, I think it's going to be a really good match, a really physical match. Both these guys, they're just going to beat the hell out of each other. Um so, for me, I think that's the match that I'm the most excited for. So, the, Dylan, the most – so, my excitement level going into this one I'm going to start with, actually, is probably around a 4.5. Okay. I'm just not just not excited about it. Um, but the match I'm looking forward to watching the most is actually Bianca versus Bailey. Can Bianca rebound from Backlash? Because, honestly, the, Dylan, the match just wasn't very good. Um, how can they elevate this feud? The build on SmackDown just has been Bailey and Bianca laughing at each other. So how, how can they elevate it? SmackDown has no other woman ready for that title. So this isn't the end of this. This is going right. to keep going. Um, I still think Bianca is going to win because it is early in her reign. I know you predicted Bailey to win and I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be cheering for Bailey. Um, maybe your thought process was like, since there's no other woman to kind of compete, maybe you put it on Bailey to extend the feud a little bit more. Yep. 
hundred percent. That's my thought process. But I mean, Dylan, you're not going to have Bianca win the Royal Rumble, go on to beat Sasha Banks, and have her lose it in a month and a half. In my opinion, I mean, um, her her reign, to be honest, as much has as been I like bad. Her, it's been, it's been lackluster. Bad. Yeah, it's just not been entertaining. I want Bailey to win, but hopefully, we get a better match. So yes, that's all I really want is a good match, and obviously, I want my prediction to be accurate. Um. I still think Bianca's going to win, but I almost picked Bailey because of that same thought process. But mm-hmm. um, we're just going to have to see. I mean, WWE lately has sometimes surprised us with how good the shows are. So you know, we're going to have to see how that goes. But I mean, um, Backlash was better than we both thought it would be. So, Well, you did enjoy the zombies a lot. But oh, don't get me started. We're going. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Um, are you ready to inform the viewers on a little history about Hell in a Cell? Absolutely, sir. So, uh, briefly, before I dive into the history of Hell in a Cell, we did this segment for Backlash, where I did some history and we did some trivia for some fun fun takes. Hell in a Cell, I, I had to do a little differently because the match itself has been around longer than the pay-per-view itself. Mm-hmm. So, there's going to be a mix of as far as history is concerned about the match itself. And then I dive into some pay-per-view history as well to kind of tie it all together. So are you ready, Kyle? Mm -hmm. All right. So the original concept of the Hell in a Cell match itself is credited to being created by Jim Cornette. However, Vince Russo takes credit for the match name. Fun fact. The first Hell in a Cell match took place in October of 1997 as a way to blow off the ongoing feud between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, which is seemingly what this match was meant to be. It was meant to be to end a very big blood feud. Roman. Ray. Get it right. Uh, The structure itself has actually grown over the years. In 1997, when it debuted, it was 16 feet high. However, in 2006, it was replaced with a much larger 20-foot structure, which is what we have today. In 2018, the structure became red, LOL. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yep, that was a big mistake. Um, In 2009, Hell in a Cell became an annual pay-per-view, replacing No Mercy on the pay-per-view slate and was held annually in October with the exception of two years, which was... uh, 2018 when it was held in September and this year it's being held in June. Uh, The card itself usually features anywhere between one to three cell matches per event, which has actually spawned a little controversy. People saying that the Hell in a Cell match is being overused and then it should be used for only special attractions. The inaugural event in 2009 was actually tri-brand. It was Raw, SmackDown, and at the time ECW. However, from 2010 to 2015, it became dual-branded between Raw and SmackDown after ECW folded. In 2016, due to the brand split, that event became a Raw-exclusive show. And in 2017, it was a SmackDown-exclusive show. And from 2018 to present, it has gone back to being dual-branded between Raw and SmackDown. Hmm. Thoughts? Um, I mean, honestly... Everything was pretty much what I thought. Um, mm. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I mean, the Hell in a Cell match is great. 
Yep. But like you said, they do um, they do overuse it now, and yes. it's lost a little bit of its mystique. And you know it, that's just the problem when you put a gimmick match the center focus of a pay per view. It's just going to be run down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have Money in the Bank next month, and we're going to be saying the same thing. I mean, just move it back to WrestleMania and just have this once or twice a year. But, you know, WWE How- likes to make money, so. Right. However, the thing I will defend is we only got one a year to begin with. Now we do get two a year because they do a men and a women's, but it still feels like it's on par. They're not doing Money in the Bank matches throughout the year. Um, Hell in a Cell, a little different because even since the inception of the pay-per-view, there have been Hell in a Cell matches off of the pay-per-view. So they still use it for special attractions, and then we get two or three in October, or now this year in June. So Hell in a Cell, I can say to sum up, is probably one of the more controversial uh, pay-per-view concepts considering they use such a mystique driven match as the focal point so that is uh to tie it up the hell in a cell brief history i mean one thing dylan right before i mean wrestlemania is two nights so Mm -hmm. they could easily have a men's and a woman's money in the bank at wrestlemania i agree if if they continue to go with the two night structure i mean dylan just Take away the turmoil match and just some other dumb feud and put both of those. You, you're fine. You, you can do both. I agree. So, to sum up, Kyle, that is Hell in a Cell history. Are you ready for some trivia? Now it's time for the main event, the trivia. Oh, boy. We both loved the first one. And honestly, we've heard really good positive reviews about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have set some rules. So, there's going to be six questions this time. The last question will be two points. One through five will be one. Four questions will be about Hell in a Cell pay-per-view related, and two can be outside the pay-per-view and focus on the match itself. Mm-hmm. Dylan, are you ready to give me question number one? Question number one, are you ready? Because it's going to be a fun one. Uh, mine are hard, Dylan, so <laughs> let's go on to it. I can't wait. All right, <laughs> Kyle. For number one, I'm going to throw you... A softball lob. You ready? Little, little I, I'm not good with history, Dylan. Or not his with trivia, especially in WWE. But all right, let's well, hear it. You're going to have a good time. This one, you can knock this one out of the park. It's an easy one, right out of the gate. Okay. At the 2020 event, Bobby Lashley successfully defended his U.S. title. Who did he beat in that match? God, bro, I don't even remember that. Dude, it's last year. Bro, I don't remember that rain. <laughs> it was last year. Bobby Lashley? Yes. Dude, I forgot he had the title. Dude, he debuted the new title, the one that they carry around now. Oh, my God. Come on, Kyle. This is, this is supposed to be the easy one. They get harder from here. Um. All right. Um. Wait, that was when Vladimir Kozlov came back for a night, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that, is that not right? People power, Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah. <laughs> People power. <laughs> uh, oh my God, dude. I uh, let's see. So, 2020. <laughs> I'm trying to think of people that he faced in there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. 
2020. I think that was our Drew McIntyre and Randy. Um, that is correct. That is correct. Yeah, that was headlined by McIntyre Orton that year or last year. Um, dude, I'm just trying to think of random people in the mid card that they just throw. I'm going to say. Dolph Ziggler. So you would be wrong. Who was it? Bobby Lashley <laughs> successfully defended his U.S. title in a match that ran for three minutes and 50 seconds against Slapjack from Retribution. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> he won via submission. Come on, Kyle. Did, you, did you remember that? Did you remember that when you looked that up? No, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't at all. Well, that uh, slapjack! Oh my slapjack, god, slapjack, baby! Come on! All right, Dylan. Mine's also pretty easy, and it's multiple choice. Oh boy, which superstar is not undefeated at Hell in a Cell? Is it A. Fernando, aka Epico? Is it is it B. Evan Bourne, C. Big Cass, or D. Summer Rae? Who is not? Who is not undefeated at the Hell in a Cell pay per view? Why the fuck is Summer Rae even an option? <laughs> All right, it's it's not her. Um, what were the other three? It's uh Fernando, Evan Bourne, and Big Cass. <laughs> Fernando, who is not undefeated? Who's not undefeated? Is this is this like a trick question? I'm supposed to pick Summer Rae because she's never been in one. It's up to you. I'm. Okay. I don't like how you said that. I'm going <laughs> since she's never been inside. Hell- but wait a minute. That means she's undefeated. <laughs> I think you're fucking with me. I'm gonna go Summer Rae because she's never even been in one. Is that remember? This is at the pay per view, not the cell match. Oh, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. No, no, I'm Dude, not they locking didn't that. Put up. Fernando in a in a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> Dude, they've done they've done tag team ones, bro. Okay, okay. When was Fernando in one? All right, moving on. Fernando, um, <laughs> who is not undefeated. I'm gonna go Evan Bourne. Is that your final answer? Yes. All right, Dylan. That one is incorrect. Oh boy. Summer Rae, Epico, and Evan Bourne are undefeated. One and zero at Hell in a Cell. Big Cass was one in one at Hell in a Cell as him and Enzo were defeated by the club in six minutes. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Dude, do you remember when um, Epico and Primo had the little brochures? Yeah, dude, they were selling timeshares. Dude, that... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my. That's so. All right, Dylan. Number two. Oh, boy. All right, Kyle. This one stems from out of the pay-per-view structure. Okay. How many times has the Hell in a Cell match appeared at WrestleMania? This is multiple choice. Okay. Is it five, three, two, or seven? I'm going to say five. Is that your final answer? Yes. You are incorrect. It has only appeared at WrestleMania three times. WrestleMania 15, WrestleMania 28, and WrestleMania 32. 
See, I was I was actually thinking either two or five. I didn't even three was just not even in my head. But well, you're zero for two now, buddy. Well, Dylan, I think you're going to be zero for two as well. Oh boy! At the two, oh my god! At the two thousand fourteen Hell in a Cell event. Yep. There were six referees used on the what? show. Can what? you name three of them? <laughs> Can you name three of the referees used on the show? Are you serious? <laughs> um, 2014. Okay, Mike Kyoto had to be one. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. I'm going to go... Oh, my God. I'm going to go Mike Kyoto. Yeah. Scott Armstrong. Okay. Fucking, I don't even, those are the only two names I know, Kyle. <laughs> so are those your final answers? No, um, oh, dude, I don't, I don't know referee <laughs> names. Who's the one that looks like he should have been on the Jersey Shore? It's kind of short, has a faux hawk, and he's kind of buff. I have no idea what his name is, bro. I That's my no... third one. <laughs> <laughs> so are those your final answers yes that's all right sure. dylan um mike kyoto was actually right he was one of the six okay but you were incorrect about the others of course the other five dylan were john cone chad Patton, matt bennett Derek moore Derek spelled with an a and rod zapta wow, wow. I can't. Yeah, Dylan. How in the world did you not get that right? I forgot about Rob Zapta. That dude's a beast. Fucking stupid ass question. That's a stupid question. (laughs) This dude pulled out referees. I'm pissed now. All right, all right, Dylan. Number three. Oh, dude, I'm like crying. All right, number three. All right, Kyle. (laughs) What match main evented the 2016 event? Um, I am going to say the Oh my god! Uh, is this a hard one? I didn't think it was, but you're struggling, so. 2007? I don't remember 2016. <laughs> Dude, it was five years ago. Um, <laughs> 2016. Okay, so they had... It might have been Kevin Owens. It was Kevin Owens. I think they did Charlotte in 2017. Um, let's see, Charlotte... See Owens. I almost want to say Owens, but Charlotte had a match. I think I could have sworn it was in 2017. You know, I, I'm going to say Sasha Charlotte inside Hell and Cell final answer. That Kyle is correct. <laughs> Let's go. It was the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match at main event of the 2016 show. Good job. You have a point. Let's go. The only point probably scored in this entire segment. I guarantee it. All right, Dylan, are you ready for question number three? Not really. 
But go ahead. On the September 26th edition of Monday Night Raw in 2011, mm-hmm. there was a dark match that was inside Hell in a Cell for yep. John Cena's WWE title. Yep. Who did he defeat in that match? Um, I'm going to say it was... Uh... And it, hint, it was a fatal five-way. Oh my god, dude. So I have to get everyone. All right. Yes. Um, I actually know about this match because I was doing research. Mm-hmm. Ready but for this. But do you this. remember all of the people in it? I don't remember all the people, so I'm just going to have to pull it out of my ass. I remember the match only went for like five minutes. Four minutes, 59 seconds officially. Yes. Cena won. He was champion at the time, so I'm going to say it was... I'm going to say Del Rio was in there. I'm trying to think of 2011 WWE <laughs> and on Raw. Who the fuck I know is on the roster. I'm gonna say Del Rio, mm, Punk. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. who the fuck was on Raw? <laughs> those are the only those are the only three that I remember in 2011. Okay. Um, The Miz. Okay. Uh, our truth. Yeah, is that your final answer? Those are my four four opponents. Yes. All right, Dylan, that is incorrect. Oh my god, I tried. You did. You got Alberto Del Rio and CM Punk. Okay, but the other two was Dolph Ziggler and Jack Swagar. (laughs) In the (laughs) match, what'd you call Jack Swagar? (laughs) (laughs) So he defeated. Del Rio, Ziggler, Punk, and Swagar in four minutes <laughs> in four minutes and fifty nine seconds. So stupid. I was thinking Dolph Ziggler's dumbass too. How did you not remember Jack Swagar? Anyway, Jack Swagar? Question mark. Yeah. Dylan, number oh my god, number four. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. All right, Kyle. At the 2012 event, CM Punk successfully defended his WWE title against Ryback. But Mm. how did that match finish? Do you want the, like, the move or, like, what happened? Like, what happened? How did that match end? Oh, my God, dude. Um... Dude, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I'm just going to say that Paul Heyman got involved and he took a bump, but I have no idea. Is that your final answer? Yes. So you were incorrect, Kyle. Mm-hmm. CM Punk successfully defended his WWE title against Ryback because Brad Maddox gave Ryback a low blow setting up a CM Punk victory. I remember that. Brad Maddox. And I remember following the event, he said that he wanted to be a superstar and he did it to be famous. And that Vince offered him a million dollar contract if he could defeat Ryback one on one and he got squashed in like two minutes. So Brad Mudukes was in a uh, was Brad in a question. Brad Maddox, as Punk used to call him every single week. <laughs> Punk would call him Brad Maddox every time he got on the mic. 
God, dude, I even forget that he was in the company. Anyway, <laughs> number four. Pornhub doesn't forget about Brad Maddox. I want you to know that. Maddox. Maddox. Um, yeah. According to WWE.com, oh my God. Which Hell in a Cell match is the best of all time? According to WWE.com. So it's a, it's a reputable source for sure. Yes. So it's basically who all they voted what was the best match inside Hell in a Cell of all time. Well, I do know that the first Hell in a Cell match got a five-star rating from our good buddy Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling in WWE's eyes that it has to be Mankind Taker from 98. Is that your final answer? Yes. Dylan, that is incorrect. What the fuck? So Mankind versus Undertaker was actually fifth on the list. What? So their number one highest-rated Hell in a Cell match, according to WWE.com, was actually Triple H versus Cactus Jack at what? No Way Out 2000. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the number one rated match, according to WWE.com. Look, that, that is a really good match. That's the one that took place in, like, 2000, right? Yes, No Something Way Out like 2000. That. Yeah. That was a really good match, but it's not even Mick Foley's best Hell in a Cell match. I know. I mean, if you can call his car crash against The Undertaker a match, that's the most memorable. Oh, yeah. And even the Triple H one was a car crash, too. Whatever. Stupid. (laughs) Fucking stupid. All right, Dylan, number five. I knew I couldn't trust (laughs) WWE.com. All right. Number five. The 2011 Hell in a Cell event featured the first ever triple threat match inside the structure. Mm -hmm. Who was in that match? I have no idea. In 2011? Yep. I'm going to say... Wait, was the Brad Maddox thing? Was that in 2012, you said? Yes. Brad Maddox. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Edge Punk and Undertaker. I have no idea. That's my final answer. (sighs) Okay, Kyle. So, you were incorrect. Okay. First off, Edge was retired by the time this match happened. I do that. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, I did have an idea. I, I literally had no idea. The the Undertaker was on his one match a year schedule. Jeez, uh, that was that long ago. Who was the third name you said? CM Punk. So CM Punk was in the match. Okay. But you're still wrong. It was a triple threat match for the WWE title between CM Punk, Alberto Del Rio, and John Cena. Don't remember that match at all. I believe that's the one that Miz and R-Truth managed to break into the cell, interfere. Um, Del Rio became champion. um, And Triple H beat the shit out of Miz and Truth as they were handcuffed. (laughs) I I don't remember anything about that match. All right, Dylan, are you ready for your number five? Uh, Go 
How many pay-per-view buys did the 2011 Hell in a Cell <laughs> <laughs> get? <laughs> what the fuck? So don't let me uh, let me say that again because you rudely interrupted me. <laughs> How many pay-per-view buys did the 2011 Hell in a Cell event get? Was it A, 101,000, B, 210,000, C, 89,000, D, 199,000, or E, 167,000? First off, multiple choice questions never have an E option. (laughs) Um, How to make it hard, man. Secondly, I'm going to go B, 210,000. Is that your final answer? Yes. All right. Well, Dylan, unfortunately, that is incorrect. (laughs) My God. So, (laughs) So it was actually D. So it was actually up from previous years at two, or at one hundred and ninety nine thousand pay per view buys. So D was the correct answer. Dylan, I'm very disappointed you did not get that right. I'm disappointed you even asked the fucking question. All right, Dylan. No. All right, so these are worth two points. I have won. Dylan's got zero. So this could be big. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dylan. Are you ready? Yes, before I dive into this last question, I want to just state that I was not ready for questions about referees <laughs> or pay-per-view buys. I tried to make my questions difficult, but kind of fair, and you're just a fucking bitch. All right. <laughs> so, Kyle, my two-part question, <laughs> so pissed, <laughs> who has been... In the most Hell in a Cell matches. Okay. And how many have they been in? All right. Well, it's got to be The Undertaker. So I'm going to The Undertaker. And. Let's see. I am going to say. I'm going to say 14. Final answer. No. 16. Final answer. 16. Are you are you locked in now? No. 14. Oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> Give me an answer. I'm going to say 16. Final answer. Locked in. Yes. So the Undertaker is correct. He has been inside the most Hell in a Cell matches. He has been inside 14 of them. Damn it, dude. Fuck. <laughs> so, your dumbass indecisiveness cost you two points. So, Darn you only get it. one. All right, I'll take one. I'll take one. All right. So, you're up two nothing. I need both of this to tie. Well, I'm sure it's what colored tights <laughs> was the Miz wearing at the 2009 event or some bullshit. All right, Dylan. This was, this was, this is my favorite question of the series so far. Oh, my God. Are you ready? Yep. And if you get this right, you get two points and we tie. All right. At the 2010 Hell in a Cell Mm pay-per-view, there was an impromptu match between Jack Swigar and Edge. Oh, my God. But what was the reason why Swagger wanted this match? This is the the two-point question? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think back to 2010. Was this one Edge was making fun of the fact that Swagger had a lisp? 
Was this was this the fact that he said he had a, a, a speech impediment? That's I mean, my final answer. They had a match because Edge said that Swagar had a speech impediment. Jack Swagar. Um, Dylan, that is incorrect. What the fuck? So you went 0 for 6. Yeah. I'm very disappointed, Dylan, because these were easy questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Dylan. So... The reason why Jack Swagar wanted this match is because Edge attacked Jack Swagar's mascot, the Swagger Zorn Eagle. <laughs> Dude, I remember the Swagger Zorn Eagle. He speared the eagle on SmackDown. question this morning and I was looking at some history and I saw that. I was like, dude, this has to be a question. It has to be. So, (laughs) the reason why is because he attacked the swagger soaring eagle. God, dude. (laughs) That eagle had like the biggest feet. Dude, it was huge, bro. It was massive. And he would just flop his stupid arms around. (laughs) We gotta find out who was inside that suit. I was just going to ask you that. It's probably Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels. <laughs> it, it was probably Britt Baker. Anyway. <laughs> God. God, dude. Um, it was probably Brandy Rhodes. Um, so, <laughs> so that was. Oh, my God. The Helen Assault pay-per-view trivia. So. Dylan, I have won again, so I'm up two nothing. Yep. So um, I-, I hit you with some tough questions. I did, but there were most of them were easy. You asked me about referees. <laughs> you asked me about referees and pay per view buys. Dude. You know what? Next month when we do Money in the Bank, <laughs> I'm throwing some heaters. <laughs> I'm planning my list now. Bro, I mean, if we get any harder, dude, it's just going to be 0-0 zero, zero until Mania, which I will win. So, Dude, yeah, I'm never I'm <laughs> never going to get one. I'm never going to win one. It's going to be GM mode all over again. I'm never going to win one of these. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that was the trivia. Um, this is also going to be very, very fun to uh, listen to. Um Dylan, which one did you like better, this one or Backlash? Don't even talk to me anymore. <laughs> I'm so done. I'm so... This one, to be honest. So, but fuck you. I think the questions were better from Backlash just because this is a newer pay per view, Dylan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's only, you know, so many superstars. I mean, dude, just wait until we get to the Raw Rumble. Oh, my God, dude. I got some heaters for you. <laughs> oh, God. So that Wait was till we do tr- a WrestleMania one. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, we're both going over six with him. Maybe we'll do ten questions, Dylan, for, for WrestleMania. Who knows? Well, well yeah. Let's see. Um, so that was 2-0, Kyle. 
and Kyle's also at two nothing on the pay per views. So um, that was uh, that was interesting to say the least. But Dylan, we're gonna go into the dummy yeah moment of the week. So would you like to kick us off? I'm trying to collect. All right. <clears throat> My dummy yeah moment of the week, I'm not necessarily making fun of somebody this week. So I'm actually, it's, it's more lighthearted. It's just something that did make me genuinely laugh. Uh-oh. And I enjoyed it. We might have the same one. So my dummy moment of the week is Riddle's promo about the t-shirts. Okay. Not because, not to make fun of them. It's a little change of direction. Just because it genuinely made me laugh, I've watched that segment probably 15 times since Monday. <laughs> it's it's genuinely one of my favorite things. I show it to people at work. They roll their eyes, but I think it's so fucking hilarious. So that's going to be my dummy moment of the week just because it was fucking funny and goofy. Vince has a lot of stock in the riddle. Like, he does yeah. already. And you can and... tell Orton really likes him, too. Like, he, he, he you could tell he's enjoying working with him. Riddle's going to be a future world champion. He, I think he is. Um, Maybe. So, don't my dummy yeah moment of the week goes to The Rock. So, what? it goes to Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Okay. So, I know you didn't see this, but this week he stated that our truth is going to be a future WWE Hall of Famer. Yes, he is a 52-time 24-7 champion. (laughs) I didn't know that. I had to look it up. But that (laughs) does not matter at all. He's only a two-time U.S. champion. Apparently, he was a tag team champion at one point. He's very entertaining. I I actually like the guy. But he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. He has never won a world title. He's only been in a couple meaningful things. I mean, what, has he been in one or two main events in his whole career? Um, Dylan, this guy's just not a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry, Rock. He's not going to be a WWE Hall of Famer. Now, knowing them, it could be just because they're so dumb, but he's he's not a Hall of Famer. Kyle. He's not. R-Truth has more recognized title reigns in WWE history than Edge, than John Cena. Mm-hmm. Then, the, then the rock okay on, so if, if you take if you take away there. the if you take away the 24 7 title how many so he's a three-time champion so who is that who basically who does he have more title reigns in that's a hall um, of famer epico is he a hall of famer oh you said oh you said of a hall of famer mm-hmm. oh, uh, no one exactly I love the guy. <laughs> Jim Ross. All... He has more title reigns than Jim Ross. Yeah, but, I mean, Jim Ross is also a uh, historic figure in the business. And, unfortunately, um, R-Truth is not. R-Truth's going to be a – he's going to retire as a 65-time 24-7 champion. So he's probably going to some... be 65-time champion this week. You better put some respect on his name. Put some respect they... on it. Do you actually think he's a Hall of Famer? No. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I love R-Truth, though. I think he's a national treasure. I also like R-Truth, but he is not a Hall of Famer. Um, All right. So before we wrap things up, um, we thank everyone for the continued support. Um, We are extending 
our little challenge. So if we get even two followers by next week, during the Dummy Yam moment of the week, Dylan and I will be eating a habanero pepper during the Dummy Yam moment of the week. So that is still on for next week. Um, but we continue to, uh, you know, make these episodes and we really thank everyone for the support. But Dylan, can you tell everyone what we're doing next week and get us out of here? Next week's show, Kyle, is going to be a very straightforward show. We're going to react to everything that took place at NXT TakeOver In Your House, which actually happens tonight on Peacock. And then we'll also react to what happens at Hell in a Cell. So we'll actually be recording uh, Monday afternoon to kind of be able to tie everything up. As well as any news, weekly breakdowns, things like that that you always get from us. But that's going to be next week's show. And Dylan, before we get out of here, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yep. Who wins the Money in the Bank briefcase for the men's and the women's right now? Uh, for the men's, it's going to be Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I agree. the women's, it's going to be... Oh, I'd love for it to be Shayna. It's not really going to. Would. I really would. I'd love for it to be Shayna. But it's probably going to be Alexa Bliss. I could see Alexa or Sasha winning. So my lock-ins as of today are Drew McIntyre and Alexa Bliss. All right. So, um, like I said, thanks for listening to this point. And uh, we hope everyone enjoys NXT TakeOver in your house. So we will catch you guys next Monday So uh, in a very special Monday night episode. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. To stay up to date on the We Just Talk Wrestling podcast, give us a like on Facebook at We Just Talk Wrestling and follow us on Twitter at WJTW19.